Hi, and welcome to Falling Star, a Star Wars D6 actual play session. This is one of our introductory one-shots that will serve as prequels for our actual campaign. What is past is prologue, and these first few sessions will set the stage for our larger overarching plot. I will warn you that this is our first recording session, and we had a number of minor hiccups that necessitated somewhat more editing than will be typical for these. I myself was suffering from a cold, and my rather large Labrador Retriever decided he wanted to be recorded as well. As time goes on, we'll get these kinks eliminated for better audio quality, but we hope you'll bear with us and enjoy the session. Uh, I'm Jesse the Dungeon Master, Game Master, whatever, um, and we're just going to go around the table real quick and introduce people. Would you like to go first? No, I'll go second. Okay. Uh, I'm Stephanie, and I'm playing Koyu Oknor. However you want to pronounce it. Okay. And Jason? Uh, I'm Jason. Uh, I'll be playing uh, Gail Elliott. And uh, I know you think it should be done that way, but the book says otherwise. Okay. We love the book. Okay. (laughs) Alrighty. So, we're going to start with... The camera is going to be after our Star Wars letters have, have appeared on the screen, and their camera has rolled, and the, the scroll has gone talking about how this is um, a re- period of relative peace. The Empire has finished purging uh, most of the Jedi from the galaxy. There is scattered rebellion around, uh, but there's no formal declaration of, rebe- of rebellion yet. There is no organized resistance. There are scattered, you know, some planets are in uprising, refusing to pay taxes, There's, and the Empire is becoming increasingly brutal in putting down those types of, uh, the, those types of uh, actions. So the, the Empire is kind of hushed up some of their, some of their more gruesome uh, actions, but the, in the last couple of years they sterilized a couple planets, uh, Those foul Jedi, they just won't leave alone. Yeah, they, they, the Imperial bureaucracy is the best thing that's ever happened to the galaxy. So the, the Empire, it, and it's not, and the Empire is also becoming increasingly anti-alien. So, and within the leadership of the military, they've become a little bit sexist too. The, the, you know, if you ever watch Star Wars, there are no females in any sort of positions in power. They're there are a few here and there, but those are really extraordinary. It's become very sexist very and very human-centric. Aliens are not being systematically purged, but they are being suppressed. So the camera then, you know, you know makes vague implications about the, the, a coming storm and to, uh, the galaxy about to burst into flame in the future years. So just time-wise, we are about three years before... The, the Death Star gets destroyed. The first Death Star gets destroyed. So Luke is not a, is still a kid on Tatooine. Leia is a member of the Senate working for her father. I'm just so excited. <clears throat> we have the greatest technical achievement in the galaxy coming online in a couple of years. Yeah, well, the Death Star is about ready to uh, to go online. Right now it's kind of a hush-hush project. It's kind of an open secret. A lot of people know about it by this point. It's a little hard to, to hush up a, planet, a uh, moon-sized... Well, Starship, my, space station. But, well, with my connections, Dad, yeah. you know, he's let it slip. So, we are then, the camera then pans across and to see this huge rumbling Star Destroyer coming out of hyperspace. Just you know, comes up in overhead, 
and you see dropping out of the, the, the Star Destroyer this one of those they're a Tidering or a Lambda class shuttle. There it's a sort of got a pointed wing up here and then it's got two wings that come down and fold down like in sort of a Y shape and you know, zooms over and you the camera then follows the the, the, um, the shuttle as it <clears throat> flies into what is a very busy spaceport. The, there is this giant space station with four globe shaped things. This this space station completely dwarfs the Star Destroyer. The Star Destroyer is a mile long and the space station could dock thirty of them around it. <clears throat> and so this is Kuat passenger port in the Kuat system. The Kuat system is um, home of Kuat Drive Yards. It is this is general knowledge to everybody. Kuat Drive Yards is uh, the Empire's go-to manufacturer for big starships. The KDY Corporation has a pretty much runs the whole planet. They've got a huge shipbuilding facility that that encircles the entire planet. Um, but KPP is way outside uh, of the area. It's actually you know, further out in the system, but it's also a hub for everything. There's pa- there's something like two billion people that come in and out of KPP in a day. So when I, and when I say people, it's humans, aliens, whatever. Um, this is a massive station. This is uh, engineering, you know, that dwarfs anything short of a Death Star scale project. And the shuttle, you know, slips into traffic, and you know, sits there, and then docks and docks in one of these big, massive big massive uh, docking bays and you know the ramp comes down and we see a fresh-faced young academy and uh, academy midshipman who just comes out off the ramp bearing his suitcase and that is the our young face of Gale who is still wearing his academy uniform and you're like immediately swamped with customs people and that sort of thing you check in through customs and then you're you're sort of left on your own devices so we'll focus on you for just a second. <clears throat> Excuse me, sir. Where's the nearest map of the station? Uh, there's pretty much any species of human you want to grab, or human or, or alien you want to grab. If you, is you going for a human, you want to grab for... Whoever's closest. Whoever's closest is a brub. It's a green-skinned uh, alien. It's got kind of a head, uh, a rounded head and he's got it's sort of a, a ponytail that sticks up and back and a green skin wearing um, just a, an orange jumpsuit. And goes, oh! Map of station. Uh, you, you probably want to go go over, check with computers and look on the computer. Uh, request transfer. Because you're in you, you're military, yes? This is, this is Civilian side, you need to go. You need to go passenger side. Uh, you need to go to the military section. They're looking for you. Thank or you looking for them? Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> and at that point, I swivel around and kind of look for. Um, <coughs> he holds out a, a, a hand with sort of. Very nice to meet you, sir. <coughs> He's clearly looking for a tip. <laughs> I serve the em- I serve the Imperial Empire. My service is of value to you. There's no need for anything else. 
respect. I have to boot you. And he, he t- just t- turns and stomps off. <laughs> uh, head over to the nearest uh, data terminal. Okay. And, uh, you know, look at it. You have to wait in line because there's, okay. there's a, a bit of a line. But you, you can you, you can get there and, you know, it's five minutes to. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I'd like to, you know, once I'm there, start pushing the buttons, uh, looking for the military dome, which I assume is one of the four, yeah. you know, uh, hubs yeah. at the edge. Um, the you call up the map. It's pretty. It's very user friendly. It's intended for this purpose. Uh, you're able to. Uh, you actually have to take a repulsor sled. Um, this, this massive structure requires <laughs> basically trains. I mean, you see what it's like in an airport. This is airport times a thousand. Right. So you have to take basically trains to get from station to station, uh, or to get from parts of the station. Um, you know, there's this mercantile district. There's there's all sorts of sections. So you can follow that um, and fairly easily. It's, it's a big crush of people, but the station is large enough that it's you know, designed to accommodate that big crush of people. And they've gotten pretty good at efficiently moving people around. I mean, Well, I take, make sure to get a seat up front and, you know, take my place among the... Okay. Yeah, there's, there, it's clear that the military people sort of have their own section, so you, you don't have to deal with a riffraff. Well, then, of course, I want to sit with my imperial brethren. Okay. All right. So you, you, can, you get on the ride, and, you know, there's an overhead voice that comes over in, you know, 15 different languages, and there's signage displayed, and there's a lot of, it's a lot of neon, too. It's really kind of gaudy, um, especially the passenger section, because it's also, a, it's designed to sell. It's like an airport. I mean, you've got, you know, people trying to sell things at elevated prices, claiming it's duty-free, <laughs> <laughs> and the restaurants and everything, so you have to, um, and you pass a lot of these. I mean, it's mile, literally miles of of passing these things. It's designed passenger, to passenger tourist trash. Yeah, it's designed to to sell you stuff. And it, this train makes one stop over in in uh, the various domes, and you come to the military dome last. And they actually check IDs uh, for everyone who wants to exit. And there's a couple of stormtroopers standing there, and they check they check your ID. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll check your ID. So that, okay, you, uh, they they the okay, sir. Uh, please, your transfer documents tell us that you need to. Uh, you're headed to the expeditionary wing. You need to. That's four levels up, and uh, you're reporting to uh, the head of that department. Your meeting isn't for uh, another fifteen minutes. Give him a curt little nod and okay. head over to the uh, repulsor lift later. Okay. And you, you go up, and it's you know pretty standard Imperial military construction. A lot of gray. <laughs> the, uh, apparently, paint is an anathema to, to the Empire, uh, other than gray. Um, someone got a really good, great contracting deal on, on gray paint. Probably quad drop. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you and you, uh, there's a. An imperial, very silver protocol imperial um, protocol droids, not quite like the C three PO. He's more he's more silver and got kind of more angles on its face mm-hmm. than three PO's golden colors. Um, but it, it, this is a, a protocol droid. 
and he says, well, sir, you, um, your, your information, please. Gail Elliott, reporting is ordered. Thank you, sir. Your scheduled appointment is in 14.2 minutes. Please have a seat. Would you like a refreshment? I prefer to stand, thank you. Very well, sir, thank you. Okay, then we're going to shift gears over to... Or do you need a moment more? Okay. <laughs> we're going to uh, shift over to uh, Koyu, who is... You want to describe Koyu for us for a moment? Or do you, you don't have to go with what we've got here. You can describe her. Um, she is a young, very driven weapons specialist. Highly focused. Physical. Um, let's, let's go with oh, physical. physical description. Yeah. Um, short, thin, um, but carries herself very um, proudly. Okay. And uh, th we're actually in another section of the, the military dome. Um, and you have, you have clear passage around the military dome. You've got your... You've at least been here. You know your way around. Um, you, you've worked in the, the station for uh, the station and back in at KDY headquarters and in the shipyards for the last year. So you're at least familiar with your way around. Uh, maybe not with this particular wing. You don't have much to do with the expeditionary wing. So you're, um, but I'm, I'm assuming you're here to track down um, and schedule and try and get a meeting. Yes, with um, I want would like a meeting with Commander. Zokno? Zokno? Yes. Z O K O. Z O K N O A. Yes. Zoknoa. Zoknoa? Okay. Zakona. Zakona, okay. Did I spell it differently there? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was it supposed to be Dakota. <laughs> it would help if I spelled it correctly. If you reverse the N and the O, it's very hard to pronounce. Yeah, Dakota, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you, um, you're greeted by the same protocol droid, and there's this this young academy midshipman who's there, and you want to describe... Standing at attention, clearly. <laughs> you want to give us a description uh, of... He's not exceptionally tall for a male in Imperial service, um, but the way his spine is so straight seems to add inches to his height. Um, you know, and he's very rigid, and he's got a you know he's got a very iron posture and very iron face, and he's dead eyes looking ahead. He's not looking left or right. He's just sitting there and he's waiting, like a bird perched. Okay, and there's that that same. Protocol droid sitting there. It's a human form. It's um, and very silver and shiny, very polished. It's clearly some poor uh, soldier or stormtrooper got tasked with shining the droids. And he's, he says, "May I help you, madam?" I am here to request a meeting with um, Colonel Zakona. I'm weapon specialist Oknor. I don't have you on our schedule, ma'am. 
Do you have an appointment? That it, perhaps there was a bookkeeping error somewhere along the line. I do not have an appointment. Um, I need to meet with him. Um, I need to set up an appointment. And and about that time, um, this uh, a man who uh, ma- he's a male, balding, or uh, not balding, uh, male, sort of grayish hair, um, kind of uh, a square jaw, um, with um, his hair is you know brushed uh, is greased back. Um, it comes around and it steps out. <clears throat> it's kind of got a very severe look on his face. That's, uh, I approve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you my new midshipman? Gail Elliot reporting as ordered. Sir! Gail Elliot. Let me guess. Set him off, Elliot? Provisionally, yes, sir! Right. He mumbled something under his breath, probably something involving the word silver spoon, and... And... Lieutenant, what are you doing here? I need to meet with you to talk about... Um, a possible joint venture. Alright. I have exactly one opening in my schedule today. Will yours take very long? No, sir. Alright. Both of you, come on back. Please remove the probe from your ass, midshipman. Just sit for now. I take a seat. He comes back and he sits down between this big desk and laces his fingers together. You, I know what to do with. So we'll hold on that. What do you want? I... I think it would be advantageous to both of us to um, take some of our new recruits to Slalon and um, for survival training. Um, and I would like to accompany them on this mission. Slalon? Yes, sir. Uh, it's in the rotation. I, I think we just sent our last batch to Slellen, though. We usually rotate every couple of months. The last batch went to Slellen. Before uh, before that was Arkiri, and then... Uh, yeah, I, I think Slellen's not due for back in the rotation for another six months. Is there a particular reason why you think we should bump the slowing up in the rotation? As you know, sir, we've had some difficulty with uh, boosting the power of the turbo laser systems, and um, research has suggested that the addition of Slelon crystals could be helpful in um, in boosting the power 
for those systems. Could be a long-term solution or a, a short-term solution to help with the project. Oh, I saw this. This is the same report that you filed two weeks ago, isn't it? Yes, sir. But given that we have a brand new set of recruits who have never been to Slalon, even though it was last in the rotation, I think it could be advent mutually advantageous. Well, let's see here. We do do our, our survival training on Slalon. And that's first on your list of things to do. You know what? Uh, RT! So he shouts out, and the protocol droid uh, comes into the room. Yes, sir. Will you please send for Lieutenant Idov? Very well, and the the droid goes out and uh, cotters out. Okay, I think we can. I think we can swing that much. Thank you, Commander. What exactly do you need to do on Slalom? Do you need uh, you? You're not going to need a, a contingent or anything. I need to um, meet with the Mochok herd in order to <laughs> to obtain crystals. Okay, so they're they're actually creatures. You just need to. Oh, I just need to get crystals. Is that right? Yeah, you need to capture or kill the the, the creatures, and then. Uh, okay, I need a contingent to. Um, Procure crystals through any resistance we may have from the Motok herd. Who has those? You want me to send a contingent of stormtroopers with you to catch, to go on a hunting trip? If you think that is better than sending just the academy freshmen, can you shoot a gun, sir? I'm top of my class in marksmanship. I'm sure you are. Now, well, let's see here. How big are these creatures you need? They're cat size. They look a little bigger. The creatures who guard the crystals, sir, are approximately the size of cats. Womp rats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I too can wield a weapon, sir. Uh, I'm not sending stormtroopers to go hunting. They had enough target practice, and quite frankly, I got enough discipline problems as it is without sending them out off, and half of them getting jealous of the other half. Where I got. The clones, the clone stormtroopers are pissed off at the regular stormtroopers, and they're both at each other's throats these days. 
I, I don't need morale problems. Here. So you're gonna go on your own. I'm gonna send Lieutenant Item when he comes in about that time. I'm a uh, young lieutenant comes in with the goatee and he's wearing the black Imperial Navy uniform. Comes in, and he, um, you know, and he comes in and salutes and. and Lieutenant and I are reporting ring, sir. Yeah. Okay. Adam, I'm sending you on a little mission, and you get to play nursemaid to these two. You get to show wet behind the ears here a few, a few things, and then set them off on the standard survival uh, package. So, make sure he's equipped. And take care of the the dame here. Make sure she doesn't kill too much of the wildlife. Don't want any, I heard about your little weapons experiment last month. It destroyed half a lab with it when that equipment blew up. So Miss Boom Boom over here, you're gonna send her along. Just don't let her blow up your ship. Okay, yes sir. Alright. Who are these people? And uh, the commander just sort of goes and pours himself a drink. He's kind of not paying attention to you guys for the moment. Well, um, Lieutenant Knight sticks out his hand. He said, "Yeah, hey, my name's Brell, and you are midshipman, Gail Elliot, sir." Where have I heard that name before? You're not related to Moff Elliot, are you? At a distance, sir. He's way up there, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm your pilot. And you, miss? You think you're, uh... Some, something about hunting? Or something, we're catching something? I am Koyu Oknor, weapons specialist. Due to recent research, we believe that Celon crystals may be the answer to, um... Boosting the power of the turbo laser systems. Okay, so you, 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 we're going on a crystal hunt. Yes, sir. These tend to be guarded by the herds of Motok on the planet. Okay. Well, we can do. We can make that work. No problem. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to pack some stuff together. And so I've got my ships down uh, in Docking Bay 87B. Um, it's the one with the red uh, starbursts on the wings. It's a, uh, it's a blast boat. You'll, you'll know it when you see it. And uh, I'll see you there. Hey, Commander, am I good to go? Yeah, get out of here. He wanders out and, and says, "And you, midshipman, you gonna survive this, sir? I will do my best, sir. Okay. Happy to be of service to the Empire, sir. Yeah, sure you are. All right, get out of here, and Miss Boom Boom." 
No blowing up the ship. No problem, sir. Okay. And he just goes back to whatever. It would go back, goes back to his paperwork, and it's very clear that you've been dismissed. <laughs> so you guys, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys actually have some time you get, until you're supposed to meet the uh, uh, Lieutenant Idov. Uh, at his ship. Um, you're welcome to uh, wander the station. Uh, you're welcome to uh, collect your things. This, not, nothing specifically you have to accomplish it, it, at this point, but if you have any um, any particular messages you want to send or, or anything. Um, what I would like to do is uh, access a map on my data pad. Okay. And uh, Tap into the Imperial Network and find out where the Quartermaster is. Okay, uh, that's fairly easily accomplished. Um, that's, I mean, it's, again, the, these systems are designed for people to not be familiar with them. So, um, there's specific equipment you want to procure. I didn't. You're not list. You don't have much listed on your character sheet there. Is there so. Um, what do you want to role play when I get there? Um, I think we're. Uh, gloss over uh, down. Yeah, I think we're gonna gloss over um, that if there's specific equipment that sure. you want, you can you can obtain. Okay, um, basically a uh, survival kit. Okay. Um, you know, including all the stuff that I would need to survive. You yeah. Know, appropriate weaponry. Water. Which, uh, the, part of this is is the survival thing is um, you're not expected to have a, a lot of advanced weaponry, so so the most you get is basically a blaster pistol. What you get in sort of a crash down situation. Gotcha. So if you crashed on a planet, you'd have Survival tent, you know, a small fusion generator for power. You'd have, you know, a radio, but the radio's not going to... It's basically... The radio is for... You signal the radio, you lose, is what it comes down to. (laughs) If you call for help, you lose. Um, And then um, you have, um, you know, a a package of rations and then a, a small tent, a thermal tent, so you can survive in most conditions. Water purifier, too. So basically, just bare bones what you'd need to survive for a week or two on a, on a planet by yourself. Okay. Um, barring, so you're issued, you are issued a firearm, you're issued, okay. you're issued a blaster rifle. Or a blaster pistol, excuse me. Right. It's just standard run-of-the-mill blaster pistol. Um, do they provide me with any, uh, like, environmental clothes? Um, no, there's no thermal suit or anything. Like, okay. you, don't, you don't get a thermal suit or anything like that. Um, I just I just have to go in my fatigues. <laughs> yeah, you, you go in just to sort of a uh, flight suit. What kind of climate is this? Is on this? What is the name of the planet we're going to? Is Celon? Yeah, Celon. Celon. Um, you you try and make up new names for places, and you end up just making some really hard to play pronounce <laughs> names. So Celon, yes, it is Celon. Celon uh, is. Um, it, it, it is for the most part actually a temperate planet. It's not actually hoth or something like that, so it's not designed. This isn't the hardest environment one can pick for a, a survival environment. Um, um, Do I need some sort of energy matrix to take with me to? Um, you you can bring your lab equipment, so you you can pretty much bring um, 
you know your standard gear, which would basically be a blaster pistol, and but you're not you're not planning necessarily on going too far from the ship, so he has to survive on his own. You right. don't you don't necessarily have anything to. I guess what I'm wondering is the crystals break down rapidly, so yeah, you can break you you. You can have something to you. You know, you plan this trip so you can have something that was is designed to hold the crystals. Okay. Um, during the downtime, that's pretty much all I'm going to do. Okay. Um, you know, if I have any extra time, I'm first thing I'm going to do is make sure I'm not late and report to 87B. Okay. Um, but then you know, maybe I'll start on the letter to assist. You now, communications in this in this era is a little funky. The Imperials there, there's several different modes of, of communication across the Star Wars universe. The first is the holonet. The holonet is you know the hologram and thing. Um, it, in the old Republic, that was free. That was pretty much it was ex- incredibly expensive to maintain, but it's allowed instantaneous communication pretty much anywhere in the galaxy. As long as you were within range of a relay, you could communicate anywhere. So once the Empire took over, they shut down the holonet for anyone except official traffic. So the holonet allows instantaneous communication anywhere in the galaxy, and as an Imperial, you guys have access to it. Um, the Moth has one, it would have a, you know, at home, he would have a, a holonet transceiver in his home. So he can, so at his home, he can communicate to anyone, including, you know, your sister. The second form of communication is just um, short-range range hyperwave communication, which allows instantaneous communication within a, a small sector. So, you, but it's and that requires just powerful transmitters, like on an X-wing or something like that. You can communicate a couple planets a couple planets away. Um, this is actually relevant before. So, and then there's just you know point-to-point communication between two ships in the same area or something like that. They can communicate that way. So the different ways of, communi- of communicating. Um, the holonet is imperial access only, though, and but because you are all imperials, <laughs> you have access to the the holonet, and it's extraordinarily expensive to put it on starships. But ships like star destroyers and that sort of thing have access to. It. I need to let my boss know, or whoever my supervisor is, that I'm going to be gone for a couple okay. of days on this mission and that we're hoping to further this research. Okay, um, we're actually going to. You're actually going to get a message after you bunk down for the night because you actually have, a, have an overnight. It's oh, okay. You, know, you actually have till tomorrow morning. Say it's you know nine o'clock at night. Twenty one hundred. Yeah. Uh, Moth Torben Elliot. Uh, actually, you get a, a hollow net message in your quarters from from the Moth from your father. I let it go to uh, hold a mail. Oh, you're you're, you're not going to answer it, okay? <laughs> okay, are you going to play it back before you leave? Well, I'm listening in as he talks. Okay, all right. I'm very pleased you've arrived, my son. I'm very glad that we were able to arrange this posting for you. I know you don't really approve of my meddling in your career, but your mother wishes me to let you know that we genuinely care, and 
she feels it's important to relate to you that we did pull some strings to make sure your grades got you into the academy and your grades in the academy got you this posting um, she doesn't wish you to have an unrealistic expectation of your own abilities at so. that point I cut it off Bob <laughs> <laughs> uh, really yeah. Okay, are there any other messages you'd like to say? <laughs> um, I'm just recording, start recording a, uh, a holo uh, message to... Zol. Uh, Zol? Your, your sister. Yeah. Zol. Yes. Something like Joliet, only Joel Elliot, kind of. Ah, uh, okay. Um, not to send, but to, you know, write a little bit. Ah, uh, okay. Write a little bit, and... Okay. You said it. Record a little bit. Record a little bit. Okay. Dear sis, arrived safely and have already been assigned a prestigious uh, posting. I know you'd be proud of me. Please uh, let our parents know that I'm doing pr- I'm doing our best. I'm doing my best uh, to make them proud. But I don't need any interference in my career. And they are advised to stay away. Stay out of my business. And then that's all. I'm going to start with that. Okay. <laughs> Where are you saving this message? You're, you're taking it with you? Okay. So you're, you're, you're recording it, keeping it with you. You're not saving it to the computer database or anything at, at, at KPP or anything Yeah, like well, I'm presuming there's something like a personal... Like what you see in uh, with the saving uh, Attack of the Clones, where he's just got the little thing, and it's got the miniature hologram. Okay, there. okay. And so that's what I'm recording onto, and then I can play it back and see myself. And okay. if I get a letter, I can play it on that. Okay. So, but you're 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 taking it with you. You're not you're not saving it anywhere. Or no. not, you're not transmitting it or anywhere. Okay. No, I'm saving it on my own data pads and stuff. Okay. Is there anything other messages you wish to leave with uh, send messages on other than tell your boss where you're going that you're headed on this bus? No. Okay. And you've got sort of a standard, uh, your standard kit. Okay. Well, I'm assuming you're both showing up at the, at the meeting tomorrow mo- or at the uh, docking bay tomorrow morning. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Early <laughs> and on time. <laughs> All right. And, uh, Relt is actually kind of casual about it. He, he's maybe not the most military of guys, but he's uh, he's he seems to have enough confidence to t- you know the way he talks to to the commander is clear. He's been he's been here long enough that he knows he, he's maybe not not family military. Is is <laughs> there's sort of a bearing that you have growing up military that that. that or growing up with a military pa- parents that you don't necessarily have, that, and he clearly lacks it, but he he seems reasonably competent at his jobs uh, job at least, and so he I expect nothing less for him from any imperial. I have that's it right there. Yeah, the okay. 12G. Yeah, so he uh, the the ship that he is sort of lounging out in front of. Is this? This is a skip ray blast boat. 
And you are familiar enough with with Imperial equipment that you know what this is. This is this, I mean, this is not designed by KDY, but this is this is a, 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 one of KDY's competitors, which is Sonar Systems. So it's a, but you're familiar with the design, and um, it's a good solid craft. It's um, sort of halfway between a starfighter and a capital ship. It's it's overgun. Basically, it's overengined and overgun for what it is. Um, but it's not quite so unmaneuverable as like an X-wing or something like that. It's we got room for three or four people in it, uh, four four or five actually. Um, and it's designed to operate in atmosphere and and on planets. Um, it, it's actually functions better in the atmosphere. It's got these big wings on it, um, so it is actually designed for atmospheric. Um, it's not it's not uh, super powerful. It's sort of um, Trying to think of it. a good analog would be um, like not, not not like a Coast Guard cutter, but a, like a local patrol craft that the the Coast Guard would have. So that they're um, designed for sort of police actions that can be used in fleet actions, but they're they're a little fragile for actually going toe to toe with a, um, a bunch of starship uh, with a major starship. Um, but then the foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, of course not. Not at all. Whatever would give you that idea. Um. Oh, Brel says, he's got he's got his own shoulder pack that he's got on. And he, he wanders back in. And he slings the, the, the shoulder pack into the um, you know climbs up and he. You know, climbs into the ship and he pats the pats the R two unit that's plugged into the system and says, "Hey, B two, um, you about ready to take a trip?" I said, "Yeah, well, you can complain about the the maintenance schedule to, uh, later. Um, I'm assuming we're we're flight ready." Ignore him. He's he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> You know, climbs into the, the says, "Hey, you guys can stow your your gear over there." Um, you know, there's a couch back there. You guys want to want to lay back, um, but otherwise, just strap yourself in. We're about ready to take off. Um, I already got all of our clearances taken care of, so we're we're pretty much ready to go. Let me stow my gear, sir, and then I'll be ready to go as well. Okay, so he. Um, you know, goes in. And he he uh, waits for you to get in and closes the hatch, and you hear <laughs> the airlocks engage and um, just like change in air pressure, and the the whole ship sort of smells. It doesn't smell unclean, but it doesn't smell quite that same military. Oily, ozony smell that that <laughs> that you would expect from, <laughs> and, and he's. The, the, you can't actually see dirt, but you get the impression the inside of the of the ship is not quite as clean as it. The, the, there's nothing you can visually see, but it's just he sort of made a home in the ship, and you can't really tell. <laughs> it's just very very subtle, you know the levers aren't quite as tight as they they might be, and the buttons are don't blink quite as brilliantly as they might on a on a better maintained ship. He says, "Okay, well, strap yourself in." 
I get out um, research articles to read while we are in flight. Okay. I have my little data pad and I'm accessing the specs of the ship. So, in the safety procedures, like, <laughs> you know, in case we crash, you know, here's the flotation device. <laughs> I don't know if you imagine this character like this, but I like him a lot. <laughs> He's very easy to play. Okay. No. Um, he, uh, he you know, lifts the ship up and um, the ship sort of backs out of the hangar and rotates out. And um, then the wing, the, that wing that parks like sideways actually rotates so it, it's more like a fin and comes out and the ship you know, cruises away. And it, when he throws power to the, the drive, the ship actually accelerates pretty quick. It's, it's pretty. He may have. He may have Played with the fuel, the, the fuel regulators, or something, <laughs> and juiced it a little bit. But he, he gets going, and uh, you get the sense after after just a couple of seconds, he's probably not following standard imperial protocol for leaving the docking bay, leaving a heavily trafficked area of the of the. Um, he's just kind of playing it a little fast and loose with with, with navigation regulations. <laughs> He might have clipped an antenna or something along the way. You know, he and there's a uh, there's a passenger liner you can see coming in a big, big, massive passenger liner. He says, "Hey guys, look out the window and and watch their faces as we cruise by." (laughs) And he skims right along the edge of the, like right right outside the window, so you can actually see in and see the faces of the people who are suddenly like. They're looking out at the at KPP, and then all of a sudden, the starship just rockets through their field of view. <laughs> and, and he's just—I love that doing that to these guys. <laughs> hey, probe up your ass! You—you you need to relax, okay? <laughs> this is survival. No one's gonna—you get a little crazy out there in the wilderness. No one's gonna fault you. You know, you, you you sit out there on your own for a couple of, uh, for a couple of days. Hey, you blow off a little steam. It's okay. You should see the guys that come back with on the regular missions. Now you got the easy planet. Last group I ferried out there, they were blitzed the entire way back. <laughs> they got into the engine in fluids, and someone had some sort of recipe for something to drink. I have no idea. I'm not going to mix it again. I sure as hell ain't going to drink it again. But. <laughs> But when we came back, I actually think they managed to get the grab units to flip upside down. And so they were up on the ceiling while I was flying. And if you've ever flown drunk with the grab units inverted, that's really confusing. (laughs) No one said a thing. We had two of the the midshipmen, they they walked out. Only they forgot we were inverted, so they walked out. They, they hit the, the when we parked. They walked out, flipped down, and fell flat on their face as soon as we hit the docking. As soon as they came out into the docking bay, commander just sat there, rolled his eyes, and turned around and walked the other way. wasn't even a wasn't even a, a, a any sort of mark on the record. So you gotta you gotta loosen up. This is the one assignment where you're expected to blow off some steam. That's quite an amusing anecdote, sir. 
How about you, Miss? I don't have their recipe, but I do have some of my own stuff for for the way back, or maybe when we're out on the field. No, sir. Thank you. He shrugs. He has no idea how to survive out here. Something needs an imperial probe droid up his ass. So he um, he said, "Now that's the spirit, Bishop." Oh yeah, we're wrong. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> Smart answer. All right. Now he he goes back. Hey, Peter, you got the those hyperspace coordinates yet? Yeah, just fudge the last couple digits. Okay. All right. Give me the real numbers then. And the droid feeds in the hyperspace coordinates. The ship, you know, he finds his way to um, the navigation point and, and then rockets the ship into hyperspace. And the, you know, this, it's actually a smooth transition. The ship, it, well, some ships, especially older ones, when they shift into hyperspace, and you guys have been in, both been on ships enough, when they transition into hyperspace, there's sort of a power drain that happens in the grab fields and it sort of makes it a little queasy. This ship clearly has enough power to spare. You, you blast into hyperspace and and without any problem, and said, "Okay, well, we're on autopilot. You guys, you guys got anything? Got a deck of cards? Want to play some Sabic or?" What did you do to this ship to soup it up? This is this is not regulation. This isn't how this is supposed to fly. Well, not necessarily me. Um, I might have played with P2U's uh, programming to have him do it a little bit, but it's an astromech droid. That's what he's there for. What modifications did... Be to make unbeknownst to you. I uh, have to ask them. Really? Do I look like an engineer? I think you know your ship. <clears throat> Might have suggested an alternate fuel, or at least an alternate fuel mix. The Hypermatter reactors on these run a little bit hot, and so we cooled it a little bit, but it's okay. We're safe. I'm asking out of curiosity, not in order to get you in trouble. Just took some... um, Look, I got a friend. He's got some, some cooling units that are designed maybe for a little bit bigger ship. And as the hypermatter reactor, when it runs hot, loses some efficiency. So you just cool the engine down a bit, cool the reactor a little bit, a little cooler, and voila! Get, but, you know, the, the R2 unit did all the, the, the modifications. How much bigger of a ship? Frigate, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It's one of them old, one of them old Republic models that I haven't seen in the spaceways in ten decades. They, they've been, but they, 
He, some, my buddy found them somewhere in some scrap pile, and he, he sold them to me cheap. What temperature do you cool the reactor to? to? I mean, do you bring it down how many degrees from... It runs a little, more like, you know, a little bit... Uh, oh, I don't know. Or P2, what do you think it is? Really, that much? Uh, he says we're running at about 30% of the temperature of a standard. <laughs> so... I, I busily write this. <laughs> I nod knowledgeably. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what you did. Okay. I gotcha. Okay, so you are... In hyperspace. Um, he's offered to play cards with you. You guys could entertain yourself however you want. You can study tech manuals. You can... Try and surgically remove the probe from your eyes. <laughs> you can plot to your next weapon that you're going to try and... <laughs> yeah, I'm immersed in, in my research manuals and and occasionally get up and kind of look around the ship. And... I, uh, I'm reading the book because uh, everything is by the book. Uh, I'm taking careful notes as to where he's not by the book, uh, just in case I should be asked later at some sort of inquest. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm also kind of looking around and uh, just getting a sense of, you know, in addition to like the safety manual that I looked at, just where, you know, where the blaster controls are, where the starship sensors are. Uh, where the hyperdrive, hypernav computer is. Okay, just so so you're aware, the ship has uh, two laser cannons and a turret, and the, and a couple of a uh, couple of ion cannons that are all fired from the cockpit. Um, uh, it actually ha- it's a fairly heavily gunned ship. Yeah. And it's a, it's. I mean, you can look at this. I looked at it. It was. It had like five. Yeah, weapon it's, got, it's got some heavy duty weapon systems, and it is. It actually is capital scale weaponry too. So it's uh-huh. not. <laughs> It, it is not a. Uh, this is not a little bit of firepower. Um, it's probably capable of leveling a city block in a fairly short amount of time. Okay, so uh, the trip otherwise is fairly uneventful. A hyperspace trip is is pretty boring, and the ship rockets out of space, and you are in orbit of this sort of rust-colored planet. It's uh, it's um. At least the sky is rust colored. There's, there's oceans, there's blue oceans, but the, the it's a very red, and the, the star itself is um, it's a it's a very bright star. Uh, excuse me, it's very a very blue bright star, and the but the planet itself is very rust colored um, with with blue oceans and uh, sort of a thick kind of almost like a dirty looking atmosphere. But you get the sense that it's not. But there's no sign of industry on the planet, so it's not like it's an a, a um, industrial dirty. It's more like dust storms, kind of. Gotcha. Um, so, it, and as he drops the ship into the into the um, atmosphere, you get a sense of why it's so dirty. It's high winds. So the planet there's a lot of these high winds and sort of buffet the ship around. And he says, "Ah." Oh, 
well, this is going to be an interesting kind of landing. Uh, interesting kind of trip down. So you guys might want to buckle in. I buckle in. <laughs> I buckle in and pray. <laughs> His eyes are heavy. I think he's still quite cold. Um, so he, you know, he bounces the ship around, um, and there's a couple of times where he, you have no idea where what he's even seeing with like a dust cloud. He just flies right into the middle of a dust cloud, and but the ship seems to be able to take it, and it cruises down, and and he's for all he, he he's a fairly competent pilot, so he sets down the ship and, and without an issue, and says, "Okay." You, you get. We will meet you back here in forty-eight hours. Right here, and he pops open the door, and you're, you're blasted with. Wait, wait, wait! Can we get the crystals first before we split up? Okay, lady. Stand up. Turn 180 degrees and look out the other viewport. I stand up and look out the viewport. There's a herd of these creatures that you've seen in the documentary. <laughs> is it? Is it? Are those your those your beasties? I assume. I don't see any crystals. They're actually the they, creatures. Somewhere. Are these sort of cat-like creatures with um, with very fluorescent colors up and down there? They actually fluoresce in the light, um, and they actually have these crystals in their back. So it's actually they're actually growing out of the creatures. So they're not. They're, it's not that the creatures actually guarding them. They they actually are part of the creature, part of its its um, its bodily structure. They actually grow these crystals. Um. So, uh, but they, you can see, which you can't really see on this, but the, 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 the creatures do have some fairly sharp pointed claws. Um, the, the mouth, despite looking really nasty, doesn't ever seem to open up wide enough to actually be able to bite anything. They, 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 they have this long pointed snout, but their mouth never, at least when you're looking at them, you never see the mouth open more than about that. So... It's questionable whether or not they could actually you know, bite on anything of you, but they do have some some claws <laughs> like that that you know maybe an inch and a half long that look like they could be they could be dangerous if you and there's maybe forty or fifty of them in the field. Um, you know, there's all all different sizes. There's some which maybe the, maybe the bulls or the at least the adults the lar- the larger ones. Uh, male or females, you can't really tell, but but they're definitely larger than some of the, maybe the protectors that, or the um, you know whatever function they've served in the herd. Um, so, so those are your beasties. They are. I think we'll need twenty. We'll need to take the crystals from about twenty and put them into the energy matrix. Okay. All right. 
If you're up for a little, are, you, are we killing these things? Or you, you want to you yes. catch them alive? Or you, uh, I'm not sure we got room for twenty of these things in the hold. We can remove the crystals, and just put the crystals into the energy matrix. Okay, so we, we're killing. You want? Do you care how we kill them? I mean, uh, don't damage the crystals. But are, other than that, no. Don't care. Okay. Well, how do you plan on going about this? You're the soldier. I'm an engineer. You figure it out. Well, why don't we ask Midshipman stick up his ass? That's Elliot. I get that confused. It's hard to pronounce. Mm -hmm. Well, we do have the turbo laser. We can just mill them down. I'm sure we can find enough after they're dead. I'm afraid you'll damage the crystals if you shoot them in the head. I'm sure there's more elsewhere. The crystals actually run all, the entire length of their spine, so... Oh. It's not just on their head, it actually runs down their spine. Oh, okay. I'm an excellent shot. <laughs> sure. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> Meanwhile, I go find my energy matrix thing and start fiddling around with it and leave the boys to... So you're not going to do any shooting with this? No. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not... Uh, this wasn't necessarily an approach, I thought. <laughs> okay. We can do this. Uh, I'm not going to actually ask for a roll since uh, uh, pretty much the, the weapons on this thing. I mean, I can sit here to ask you to roll endlessly against um, just mowing them down, but since they can't hurt the ship and you can't. Um, you can, you know, you can take off and take them from the air and just sort of like fly around them and herd them, or are you just going to gun them down from the, from the ground? Oh, we don't need to fly for this. I've got it. <laughs> okay. You know, open up the, the, the turret. <laughs> Okay, well, at the first, um, you climb into the, into the gunnery seat and power up the laser cannons, and you start laying into the herd. And before long, the, the uh, I mean, it takes maybe one or two shots before the, the herd spooks, and, and but they're not really quite sure what to make of, uh, of this isn't a threat they're, they've been adapted to learn how to deal with. So their first instinct is to charge the ship, especially the bulls and the the, you know, the, the bulls charge and everything else goes. They charge and, and more meat for the grinder. <laughs> yeah, maybe one or two make it through and just bet, bounce off the hull. It's not. <laughs> um, and, and about that, at that time, the rest of the herd figures it's not going to win this battle, and, and it just scatters every direction. They, you know, most herd animals sort of flee in a group. <laughs> and, you know, some the shots that miss hit the ground and just sort of explode the ground under them, and they go flying up in the air. It's really kind of, kind of, um, a, 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 well, a slaughter. Is <laughs> the, the, um, the quick version of this. 
there, there's, there's quite a few animal parts scattered around, and it's, a, it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> but by the time you're done, maybe ten of them get away. <laughs> really, much more than that. So you, you. Um, how do I need to remove these crystals? Uh, you need to go over and examine them. Okay, so I I sling my tools on my like my okay just general um, pack over my shoulder and and go to the nearest one and sort of hunker down and kind of look at it. Okay. Well, this is this is one of the adults. So this is one of the ones that charged. So this is one of the, the, the larger ones. Um, the cat was probably a poor estimate. It's actually a little bigger than that. It's more like, um, more like a puma, like a, a mountain lion size. So a large cat <laughs> size, um, it, and it's um, it, it, you. You know, we, we're right about the jaws. The jaws really don't open. Um, and why don't why don't uh, are you going with her? Uh, not at this point. I'm just going. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's have a perception check for both of you. So both of you roll your perception. And remember, you got one of those die as a wild die. Yeah. Uh, yellow because it's the one that's a little bit different. It's not bad. Uh, Eleven. Thirteen, actually. Gotta do what math. are you supposed to do with the wild one? If it's a six, you re-roll it and add the add to the to- add the six plus whatever you re-roll, and it keeps going. So oh, okay. if you've rolled chain sixes, you can get. So you but got as a three. Three, it's I just, just added, added straight. Four. So you get a four, and what's? Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Oh wait a minute. Uh, perception. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. You don't notice anything, but there, at least one of the creatures managed to to take um, cover under. Um, under one of the carcasses, one of the smaller ones, not one of the larger ones, but at least one of the smaller ones that are, is now creeping out. Now that someone's out there, is slowly sort of stalking, um, is sort of stalking uh, Caillou or Koyu. Uh, it's not um, talking Caillou, Caillou, the, the little kid with the what? <laughs> no hair. <laughs> um. I'm just oblivious. I'm kind of looking at the animal. I'm taking out a few um, sensors to sort of see what the strength of the crystals is. Okay. Um, Give me a um, a a knowledge biology skill. Planetary systems, bureaucracy, geology. Or alien races. Nope. Okay, go ahead and give me a straight knowledge check. Can I not add? Fourteen is <laughs> like <laughs> okay. Um, you, when you examine the creatures, you realize that the crystals are um, appear. As you look at the one, the first thing you notice is the the, the crystals only appear on the, the adults and not on the, the small the little small ones. And as you look at more carefully, and as you start picking them apart and scanning them, you realize that the crystals are probably eggs. Uh, probably how they they 
store their egg, like they, they lay these crystals and the crystals are are their babies. They're like the, the sort of a larval form of these creatures. And in the meantime, there is a, 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 a this um, thing is now stalking up. In, now whether it's, it's curious or wounded or just pissed off, it's, it, you can't make a heads or tails of its behavior right now, but it is definitely stalking up to... <coughs> okay, but she, she's pretty close to your line of fire. <laughs> are you aiming or are you powering down? Uh, get on the loudspeaker. Make sure to look behind you. I've got your back. I sure. Pull out my blaster and turn my blaster pistol. Okay. There is this thing. It's maybe, let's say, but it's probably 20 meters away, but it's. You know, the ship is here, you're here, and this creature's stalking towards you. I point my blaster at it, but I don't do anything yet. I kind of watch what it's doing. Okay, it continues to stalk. It has no idea what the blast. It doesn't realize that the blaster is a threat. It, do- it doesn't think you're... I mean, t- it, it's, you know, it doesn't understand the blaster. It doesn't... So it just continues to move forward. So now it's, now it's close to 15 meters from you. Um, I aim at a the rear half of it. Is it coming directly at me? Yeah, it's coming directly at okay. you. Then I guess I just aim at what you, you, you aim at. So you, we'll call that an aim round. It, it's still coming though. Okay, so it's probably ten feet away now. Yeah, ten meters. Yeah, ten meters away. Okay, I'm gonna shoot it. Okay, that is a t- ten meters with a blaster pistol. Uh, we'll call that a 10 difficulty to hit with blaster shot. And because you took an around aim, you get to add a die. So roll your blaster skill with one additional die. And I'm giving you a surprise round this time. And you got a, you blew your failure on the wild die, so I'm taking one of that. And you still hit. 11. Okay. You get to roll the blaster damage, and the blaster da- blaster pistol damage is four D. So it is. So it's the same as the. It's it's not related to your skill. Each weapon has a blast, which I mean, I had a sheet somewhere with a. Oh, was uh, I supposed to use my dex then? Was no, I... no, you 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 you. The blaster is your skill. This is your skill at shooting. Oh, okay. The blaster pistol is um, so. has its own damage code, which I didn't give you the sheet. Okay, you got a six in the wild. We roll the wild and add six, six. plus. <laughs> plus two, eight. So eight. Plus, so what's your total? Eight. No, you got eight. That's eight alone. Oh, you got six okay. plus two is oh, eight. Okay. Plus, plus another six, six is 14. fourteen. So and it has a strength. Oops, I need a wild in there. Um. Well, you got it. What? Fourteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, it takes the shot. The, the shot glances off of it, and it, it gets it, it clearly sort of rocks it. But um, it's now um, it's not injured enough. The it it, it it received a stun result. Basically, it it um, 
it just loses a die up its skill round, skill next turn. Okay, so it's still advancing. Mm-hmm. And now it's pissed. So now, now we're actually do do this. The last round was not technically a combat round because so now we actually roll initiative, which is actually your perception skill, the highest perception on your team on your team. So your perception, whoever has the highest, three D plus two, two D. Okay, so three D plus two win. It goes first. He, he's the only one that rolls, and it has perception of three D. Sixteen. Okay, you get to choose first or second. You guys want to act first or second? We'll act first. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> we'll jump right in. All right, uh, you guys. Uh, I'm just going to go clockwise around. And what's your action? Um, I'm going to go ahead and use the sensors and kind of hone in on it. Okay. So with because I'm still in the turret. Okay, so you're just going to take a, a round to aim. Yeah. That's going to be your only action this turn. What are you, you going to do? Shoot again. Okay. Give me a blaster roll. Just your blaster skill, you don't get the extra die this turn. Because you do not get in the round aiming. That'll hit. Um, so 10, 16, 17. 17, okay. That'll hit. And it takes damage equal to... Oh, you give me a blaster damage roll. Oh, ouch. Four. 15. 15, that'll drop it. You've got a four. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for a lethally... <laughs> a mortally wounded <laughs> roll. So it, it, it you you shoot it and you peg it in the head and it, it doesn't get it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> it stops moving it, it might kick a little bit <laughs> okay. so and we're out of combat <laughs> <laughs> just one of them okay took care of that <laughs> <laughs> well you mowed off half, you mowed down half the herd okay. <laughs> Um, I go back to looking at the adult that's in front of me and um, using my scanners and entering information into the, the computer that I have. And It seems pretty clear once you actually get to scanning this thing that the reason it breaks down is because it's not incubated. So the reason these things, these crystals were breaking down is... They're eggs. <laughs> the creature, in, the reason the, the the creature inside is dying because they're not being incubated on the back of the of its parent. Do I have any indication that, um, like, how long it'll take to incubate? Because I imagine if the research has been done before, I mean, you could. Well, someone didn't do their homework on the previous research. It was just it, the the report was one of those. Um, Someone who'd never seen the crystals before. They'd read. They, you know, they've done a. Uh, someone that they've been looking through xenological charts and, and and documentation for something useful, and they said, um, "Okay, this has this particular matrix. Maybe that would be useful." And it was all theoretical, really. Uh, so they didn't. They didn't really have any, enough information to go on. Now that you're sitting here looking at it, um, and the life cycle of these creatures hasn't been well examined that you that you're aware of. I mean, there might be someone somewhere, but you don't have any information on the life cycle of these creatures. Now, whether or not they could be, you know, chemically prevented from hatching or developing, possibly, it's just, you know, it's one of those things you you'd need a biologist, which you're not, to 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 look at. So, on one creature, about how much mass of crystals do we have? These seem to be fairly prolific creatures. <laughs> uh, um, whether or not the planet's ecology is really harsh and they have a low survival rate because of that, or 
for some other reason, they, they there's probably 50 or 60 eggs per adult. And how big are the eggs? Okay. Look up. Maybe um, three inches by three inches, and maybe two inches round. Okay. Um, I guess start collecting the eggs, the energy matrix that I brought with me probably only hold like yeah you could probably 20 of those or something yeah the it, you know you might even check with temperature they, they need to be kept at but from you know just look at the body temperature of the creatures but you know you could probably get the ship to that temperature or parts of the ship to that temperature without too much trouble if it's really is just temperature that's the important factor you shouldn't have any trouble you can adapt if you want you can adapt the matrix to your energy matrix, so it just puts out heat. Yeah. Um, I guess go around and, and gather the crystals, at okay. least. I mean, we've got all these dead animals. We might as well take the crystals off all of them. Okay. Do you want to get help from from, from up his ass? <laughs> yes. So you're over in the turret, so I guess I have to go back in the ship and say, and yell up to Midshipman Elliot. Sir? Help with gathering the crystals from these creatures. Bring them all back to the ship. Yes, Be- sir. Carefully. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of the crystals did we lose to the laser shots? <laughs> I don't know, but I've got a vibro knife that says <laughs> we'll get some crystals. They seem to react to blaster energy um, in a way that they're not actually destroyed. So the blaster, the the Laser energy. I mean, the whole reason they're useful in this process that you, in the beginning is they they aren't very reactive to blaster fire. So, despite the fact that you blasted the creatures, the eggs seem to be fairly resilient to the blaster. So you, you're actually able to harvest a surprising number of them. Um, there was a few that got smashed, you know, when the creatures got blown in the air and or came down on it or whatever. But for the most part, they're not terribly fragile. They're not. They're not. Egg, they're not chicken eggs. They are. These, these rocks, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're rocks that just happen to have creatures in the that, that turn into to, creatures. Turn into creatures. So you were able to get you know without too much trouble, and you don't seem you seem to have scared away the local herd. You know, it's kind of an imperial thing. <laughs> Wipe out the ecology for more for more guns. So good job, bully for you. <laughs> go see Objectives through superior firepower. <laughs> Okay, after we're done gathering up um, these, then I let um, the midshipman know that he can go do his survival trial for 48 hours. And I sit and do what analyses I can and kind of watch the crystals and see if any of them hatch (laughs) during the time (laughs) that uh, we're sitting here waiting on midshipman to come back. Okay. Okay, we are going to end right there, and we will see you next week for part two of Falling Star, episode zero. Until then, good luck, and may the force be with you.